This is a warning, another cut to move on. Another beat that's so strong, hold on, and I get wicked and then some stir up shit is the wickedest wisdom. You there? All right, you good? I'm good. All right. All right, everybody, here we go. Episode five, long awaited. I've been trying to set this up for weeks now, but I've been Rich waiting that long. Is a hard man to get a hold hey, um, of. I travel so. a lot. You sit at home, dude. I, you, you don't even leave your house. You walk. You walk into your backyard and do your work. I mean, I mean, it's a great shop, granted, but you just walk back and forth. I mean, I've got a commute. I was in L.A. I've been, I've been to Nashville. I've been to Bend. I've been to L.A. All for weeks at a time. So I even, I know, I even I know. took my my kit, my rig to L.A., but just it never worked out to where I could have an evening just sitting because uh, printing the uh, the award plates. So it's not lack of effort. I mean, I actually tried and, yeah. but you know, it's, it's not my very top, top, top priority. But yeah, no, I, I do enjoy it. So uh, we're here. I Let's was go. stoked when I asked you last week, like, Hey, <laughs> uh, you probably didn't bring your, your headset on. You sent me that picture. I was like, Oh, Rich is on the, on, on point. He's, he's committed. Here we go. Yeah. yeah no, I'm committed. Just... <laughs> I'm committed. I might not, it might not be easy. And then yeah, it's just, you know, like yeah, stuff gets sprung on me too. You know, we were going to talk about yesterday and all of a sudden Vilma says, Hey, I got to bring the, you know the baby to the shop because I've got a coaching. All of a sudden, she has these. She does personal coaching, and they, they you never know yeah. what they are. They just line up I'm like, oh shit, you know we're gonna do it today, but now I've yeah. got the kid. I got the kid. There's no way, not gonna happen. I yeah, mean, yeah, if you guys watch Barry Noble stuff and and Willow, that's what my kid does. Just tears into everything. Wants to touch <laughs> everything I'm touching. So I mean, it's just it's not possible. Or we just hear yeah. her scream or hear Kokomo in the background. One or the other. So, <laughs> Coco Melon. Yeah, that's that's the only Silender, and and Vilma hates it. So, well, I mean, too much of it. Like I'm oh, bad now. I'm like, okay, babe, watch that for an hour. And Vilma's yeah. like, don't let her watch that more than ten minutes. I'm like ten minutes times how many minutes? <laughs> so, so yeah, but we're yeah. here. We're here. Yeah, we no, it was it was good. The last episode got. I, I knew it was going to be a popular one, but it's definitely been the 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 most downloaded episode that we've had. People are really into California gearing. They. They want to get their gear ratios on, so you know yep. that was pretty popular. We've had a couple of people comment on it and stuff, and uh, stoked to be back with you. And uh, you know, you as you said, you you're the one that's been going around to a bunch of races and everything. So um, why don't you give me your perspective on the BMX scene on the couple of stops that you went to and stuff? Um, yeah, we'll keep them briefer because there's so many. But um, I finally did do that in Nashville, which was uh, one of the bucket list races. We said. Or I said, you know, that was one on my bucket list race. And, and it was really cool. Um, really beautiful facility. Uh, not like what we're used to out here in, on the West Coast in California, in Northern California, Southern California. It's a lot drier here. So, excuse me, everything was super lush and, you know, green and beautiful. And the track's right by a lake. And uh, the pits are all just set up through this, like, forest atmosphere almost. Um, the vibe was really killer. Just Just really busy. And the race was big. Uh, we personally had a really big squad there that did pretty well, had some good racing. Uh, Nick Adams was there with his debut pro weekend, uh, actually a, an elite pro weekend. He raced some opens, uh, but that was his first uh, pro weekend. And he, uh, man, he killed it. He went one, one, one in the motos, second in the semi both days. And then, then once it got to the main, he had, he realized that those guys have another gear that he didn't quite realize. <laughs> so I think he got like a fifth and a sixth or something, but was up in the front. You know, he's running one, two, three, then four, then five, you know, just, just got to pick his lines better and, um, you know, race a little more tactical uh, yeah. because those guys are just coming where, you know, he, you get out in a position in amateur, there might be one guy coming after you and, you know, you kind of block him, but yeah, elite 
uh, in elite main events, there's, you know, seven dudes and they're, they're coming. Uh, I'm sure he had a ton he of gets, nerves too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That too. But he was, he was real confident. He rode strong. I mean, even the next day he went one, one, one in the motos second, in the semi, and then same kind of thing, just pinballed his way back a bit. Um, but the race was really cool. Uh, I, I recommend it. If you have never been to that Tennessee race, um, it, it's cool. It's definitely worth it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever go back, you know, I might pick another, a different bucket list one next year, yep. which is probably what I should do at my age and, and time in the sport. But, uh, it was definitely, <laughs> definitely worth it. I rec I recommend that track. And then we went into town on that, uh, Sunday evening, me and Steven Smith and, it gets pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, no, Nashville's Nashville's yeah. cool for sure. It's definitely like a, a hillbilly Vegas. A <laughs> <laughs> little, 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 little bit lower key, a little bit more cowboy boots and shit kickers and t-shirts yeah. and you know, cowboy hats, but uh had a good time. It took for me sure. years <laughs> to make it downtown. So I'm glad you did it uh, you know, right on your first outing. So um yeah, yeah that's what you're saying. Good. Like you're not gonna make it. I'm like, dude, I'm not flying out till two o'clock because I'm making it. <laughs> whether it's midnight or something i'm we're going there so yeah we did make it there um so yeah there was that one and like you were reminded that albuquerque the same weekend i think they had a decent turnout you know i didn't go there we did have a little squad there and you then the um, pro shop there in albuquerque pro shop right? yep the pro shop yep. was at that one um and then came home and we did uh our third stop i think of our tangent pro am up in bend oregon and that was that was really cool um yep. i've been to bend a couple times with uh stop you know with the uh the northern the great northwest national in oregon there yep uh redmond oregon so we'd always go to bend for a dinner or something but this time it fell on my birthday was the monday so we stayed until wednesday um the whole crew like the, the crew because they didn't have to they just go into washington so uh velma came up with a baby we all hung out and rode bikes and went to lakes and rivers and waterfalls and that's a beautiful place an awesome city it's kind of like if you're familiar with the west coast it's like a tahoe of oregon um super high dollar stuff really expensive you know a lot of a lot of old retirement people with money so it, it, that was really cool another place if you've never been and uh got a bucket list place even if it's not for a race i mean bend bend oregon's beautiful so yeah did that race that prime went really really well um our guy nick came up from norcal and he won that pretty easily uh, had a good group of kids uh racing it I, it was like in the mid-20s for boys and low teens for girls so a good turnout uh uh, track of the, the the guys the the bikeaholics i don't know if anyone's heard of those guys but they're yeah I've heard like this that. up and coming crew of really fun guys and they're the track operators out there and they just put on a really good show the, the people love them the fans love them the racers love them they just they've done a great job work really hard with the city to, to build that facility into you know something you'd like to see anywhere um in the park area there and they've they're adding pump tracks and they've got a strider track and yeah it's really 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 cool uh definitely recommend if you're in the area or just, you know going on vacation or something it's a it's a cool place yeah did you uh turn the big six out yeah shit. <laughs> <laughs> my hair is starting i mean i'm gonna age faster now because i've got a kid I, I do realize i've looked young for a while because uh i didn't have a kid like some of you people that definitely stress you the hell out and get a whole lot less sleep and all that kind of stuff at night nah, you'll be fine. Head. Nah, i think yeah, it's BM bmx keeps us young not uh, yeah yeah not exactly. necessarily having kids but no, i turned 51 I so i'm no spring times. chicken but i'm not 60. <laughs> <laughs> i was just fucking with you so <laughs> um so yeah what uh i mean you what did you watch some racing what did i mean we had you saw the like, lumberjack a akron uh, uh i saw a few I'm things from Hill, akron but, uh, i think uh josh Rock. mclean and elise seems like they they won and barry and vet um <laughs> 
you know, to be honest, like a lot of these races kind of sneaking up on me. Like I'm not because I don't have like a vested interest to try to watch and, and see what's going on. I think our rider Brandon Crane was out at Rockford and uh, was in the mains all three days. But, you know, seems like something's always happening in that class where people are going down and crashing out. So um, he had varied results on the weekend. Yeah, no, I mean, I just saw whatever was up on social media, really. And, you know, you know, that was pretty much it. I'm not I don't even know like how big Akron really was. Did you? Um, It was big. Yeah. I don't remember the numbers. We we weren't there. The pro shop wasn't there. We uh, took that. We took that week off because we've got a bunch of stuff coming up starting with Vegas next week. But um, I want to say it was. 260 280 i don't oh, wow. remember like like i said i i there's so many events and we travel so much i literally like i'm in the moment and then the moment's gone that's it like, yeah I, yeah i don't and i don't have a lot like, of retention a lot of retention you know, anymore not like chasing the series anymore and sitting back and looking at it from this perspective now like stuff is flying by so fast that you know honestly i'm sitting there like wow i can't believe i used to do this i can't believe i used to like worry about going to these and like one week after another after another you know because yeah. when you're when you don't have a reason to chase it or follow it it's it it does seem slip, like they say it just slips right by yeah you see just, the social media you see the main does. event you see a couple of your top pros posts and you go or top amateurs top athletes posts so yeah you like it like, all right okay cool and then you're, you're and to be honest your, like i didn't even realize machine and gears I didn't even realize Akron was a pro race and cause I've been to that track before for a normal national. And, uh, I w- really wouldn't think it's uh, a location for a pro race. I'm glad that it's there. I, I mean, the last time that there was a pro race in Ohio was, I guess, Christmas classic NBL. Yeah. Style, say NBL. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I went to, I think one of the last ones that, that, that happened, um, in that final, in those final years of the NBL. But, uh, you know, it's been a minute since there's been something like that in in Ohio. So that's good for, you know, the local scene to, you know, see those guys and, you know, check that stuff out. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I feel like the whole summer is just flying by also. I mean, I can't even believe it's, yeah. you know, July already. I'm gearing up for, I'm going to Italy in like two weeks, two or three weeks. And uh, this shit's flying by oh, right so now i knew you were going so, so you're going that soon but what, just to recap on the races that the Akron race i did watch a lot of laps and our, our rookie pro um nick was there and he did the same kind of thing he's one and two in motos one and two in semis and then kind of i mean he was like literally leading first and second in the mains and just pin, pinballed his way back you know just uh inexperience um mostly in some corner decisions and stuff like that but it, it made decent racing um the racing was good you know, there wasn't any big crashes and uh, the lot, a lot of action. So um, it wasn't a big hill race, obviously, but I, I yeah. think it made some good, like not old school, but like mid school type, type racing. I, and I don't mind that kind of racing. It's still, yeah, for sure. I still enjoy watching it. I mean, those yeah. tracks that are so big and the dudes look like ants on them are kind of like, eh, it's cool, but it's like they're just street stretching and reaching and, you know, they can't, they're, they're barely making it themselves. Yeah. It's, it's better than it used to be where they, they used to just straight. They're racing the track. They're trying to survive the track, not even racing. They don't even care what anybody else is doing. They're just trying to get through. So they're not yeah. as bad as that anymore. But yeah, I don't mind that. You know, some of that. You know, medium size hill. You know, good old ABA or USA BMX ABA type type racing. Still, yeah, uh, still that's makes, definitely still good racing. The Akron track for sure is a throwback to like ABA pro racing. Like that yeah. is they had pro races at every national pretty much, and you show up and pros race, and that's it and you get what you get and that's what that track is like it's a good track but it's just not 
built like catered to yeah. that class you know that 90 degree left is a, a weird first turn for a for the big guys too <laughs> so a couple guys struggling with that our, our guy also <laughs> yeah. 90s they always i mean i raced for a long time too and those I, I wasn't real good at 90s they're just there's weird you know you gotta they are yeah you, you gotta to get up on your speed. pedals in a whole different time versus you know getting a full 180 getting getting back straight and then getting after it but yeah um and then i guess we've had uh we've had a couple world cups because i've got a our our last team rider very exciting for us our la uh, team rider romaine mayhew uh, he rode for us for a couple years and went and rode for um his last two years been riding for a club in france and he was riding a gt and he switched back to his rift and within a few weeks he won his first world cup so um we also nice. got our first world cup win on a rift so that that's really exciting from a manufacturer's point of view um we don't have a we have a presence in europe not a huge presence and we it's kind of hit and miss it's it's hard to push dollars into the, the athletes there without a lot of backing, like financial backing with sales. Um, we've yep. got some distros over there, but it's kind of hit and miss. You know, you got to really try to stay on top of it. And, you know, how do you market over there? You try to work with some clubs and some teams, and but it's just difficult. And then if you're not getting good distribution over there or you're not getting enough product over there, it's like, well, how do I spend $20,000 a year in marketing in Europe? And I'm only selling, you know, $20,000 of product for, you know, 20% profit. So we keep pushing and keep pushing, but, um, uh, we've, we finally got that first win and that was really exciting. And we've seen a little uptick, um, uptick since, since the win and just, you get emails and people asking. And so that, that's kind of cool. That was exciting that, uh, um, we got our first, uh, first rift on the top spot of the world cup and congrats to Romaine on that too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, co-sponsor one of the other Romains and, uh, Romaine. Uh, Maya. Maya. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, he's the 2022 European cup overall winner. So, oh, do you think well, the finals are this weekend, or does he already point out? It's uh, you know, from his Instagram, Euro, he, he might already have the points. I I know the finals are this weekend, the European yeah. championships are this weekend, but that yeah, doesn't mean he, that does mean he, he uh, didn't already clinch, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, uh, yeah. I, from, I don't follow that closely. It was uh, Euro Cup overall winner in elite, so I would yeah, he must have clinched, got it, yeah, because so. the race is Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I forget where. I think this race was in. Uh, this is the was the race in Latvia that that he got it. Yeah, yeah. So, he, must, he must have clinched. No, no yeah. one must be close enough. Because a lot of guys, no, no, um, not disrespect, but no, not to take anything away from him. A lot yeah. of the guys uh, didn't race this year. Uh, they're taking this as an off year because there's no Olympic points, so they're kind yeah. of sporadically yeah. racing the European series. But like I said, I mean, he's he's a top guy either way. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Congrats. Congrats him for that. But so that's probably why he clinched easier. I mean, like Silvano raced a couple. Romaine, I don't think, raced any. Um, yeah. A lot of the um, the uh, the Belgian guys, or not Belgian, but the Netherlands guys, they're kind of in and out of them because they're taking basically a, as this as a rest year. Don't want to get rusty, but a rest year because starting 2023 is a full points for Olympics again. So yeah. And everybody's taking France, a bit, of, a bit so. of a break. Yeah, yeah. To take a bit of a break. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, congrats to him. Um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to watching the uh, the finals on Saturday. We got some 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 riffs in the in the mix there. So, we'll, for sure. we'll watch that for sure. Yeah, we've got some guys over there riding uh, running gears representing for us. So, oh, you plenty know. of guys. I see them all. Yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> whether whether funny, you know whether you know uh, it or not, but they're they're out there. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, I don't know if you heard the Jeremy Rencarell uh, coffee chatter uh podcast no, episode yet. but right towards the end they ask him uh 
something about what Geary rides, like the size. They they were interested in the size, and uh, he said he said he rides between like forty four and forty five, but it's decimal, so he's keeping it a secret. And oh. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like some of those guys are like that over there, and it's it's pretty yeah. hilarious. Like they don't want to tell anybody like what they're what they're doing. But hey, I mean, more power to it. So yeah, that's why we made it. <laughs> they're working on split seconds man especially those french that french team is rough yeah i mean not rough rough to there there's so many fast guys it's insane like they for sure they've got yeah. still three or four more guys because our guy um uh mathis is uh our, our full factory rift french rider and he's just on the cusp of it and he's great he makes he's podiumed at euro cups and uh or french cups and he's he's right there and it's just right there is it's not even enough right now. I mean, he'd be one of the top guys on any other country's squad. Um, but there's so many good French right now, it's insane. Yeah, they're just on a whole nother level. They have been for years. And going into this next, you know, Olympic series, they're man, they're they're the shit. They've yeah, the French market sure. is it's pretty crazy. Um, I know a few years back when I was looking into like where BMX is real popular all, all over the world, and you start figuring out that. Although we don't hear, like, obviously we hear about, like, Euro finals and the and the Euro cups and everything. You don't really hear about, the like, how big something is in a particular country. But yeah. I was talking to somebody and they said that France has, I think it has close to, like, 200 tracks. Yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah, the sport's it's huge. insane. For the ridership's country, big. I can't remember the numbers, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, the ridership's not bigger than the United States, but the number of tracks is almost on par and that's kind of insane yeah for the square mileage or whatever to call it for the yeah, size for of the, the country it's insane yeah for the for the square footage of the country yeah. it's it's that is impressive you know and i think that's square where meters. we're lacking here in the united states is that um you know like if i want to i went to the track tonight for instance to ride but i had to drive like 35 minutes away to get to it and the next nearest one is like over an hour which is you know it's not pretty, that bad in, in our world yeah it, it is not that bad but like you know for instance i i really you know try to get my son to be interested in riding and everything and but he this year he kind of tended towards like little league well we have like 12 little league fields here in the <laughs> right town, right and yeah, i could drive five minutes to little league you know so it's it's one of those things like but you love and, little league. <laughs> uh, you know if you look at the popularity of the sport in different places in the world like I think the French are doing it right in regards to access, yeah. but um, it to build their numbers, I think if they almost, because it seems like they don't adopt like an American race circuit. No, they don't. They're the so club they have system a few, also. Yeah, they have a club system and then they have world. a few like select events that they do and they're always prepping and training and, you know, yeah. you know, getting ready for something. If, the French system all of a sudden adapted an American race system, the sport would explode. Yeah. I, I don't, I've always said that too, like, because I'm dick deep in every asset of, or as we, every aspect of BMX, you know, from vending to branding, to manufacturing, to putting events together, like to being a title sponsor, of USA BMX for 25 years. So I just, I know a lot and the Europe system is way different. And I didn't really learn about it until being with Vilma. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they basically don't monetize the sport. Um, yeah, but exactly. I think we could each take a little bit from each other and like split it down the middle. Like, yep. you know, USA could do half what we do, 
like they do and then and vice versa and i think yeah. that make a good mix I, I think that you know three night three race three races a weeknight is insane for a local track and you know but but yeah. then training like a french club training for one month or six weeks for an event is why bother you know like you got to keep you got to race you got to play like what sports do you not play yeah. ever yeah, like, there's exactly. no sport <laughs> that does that you well know, a lot every... of sports are I literally just went through this with my son and, you know, we started in January for like once a week practice indoors in like a church. It was like a church gymnasium that they were practicing. Uh Then once the weather kind of got decent, they were outside practicing, but in a seven day week, he was doing, he had something to do, whether it be a game or a practice five or six days a week for like 12 weeks. So yeah, we yeah. couldn't literally do anything else. Like we we just hit the BMX track for the first time like two weeks ago, and because that season slowed up. But no, because the, just, the, the, the baseball season is over. Like over, it finished. Okay, gotcha. It was those twelve weeks, and then it was done. Okay, gotcha. And that was like right at the end of right at the beginning of June. But you know, from the from the end of basically uh, March, April, May, they were you know five six days a week baseball 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 like like that's all they were doing you literally had no time to do anything else like i couldn't even take him to the track to do something because we'd have to skip out on this other thing that he's committed to right Um, right. yeah it's insane yeah and a lot of stuff is turning into that i think um which i again don't think is good because all you're going to do is blow people out you know and in bmx it would be the same thing if you were going to the track six days a week like you know yeah you're going to get you know you're going to get that time and you're going to get those laps and you're going to progress probably fast, but you're going to blow yourself out in a year or two. Yeah. Just to burn out. But yeah, um, like I, said, I think a balance, uh, I'd like just take a little bit of each from, you know, one from the European side and some from us and yep. flip flop it. I think, you know, BMX over there would be different. It would explode more with yep. more racing because racing, I think helps build retention. I mean, why would you want to start a sport and, you know, like race three times in four months? Like, like that's stupid. Just, I don't know uh, to me, but you know, I'm not, they, they're raised that way and it's just normal. Like it's completely yeah. normal. They look here like, why do you guys race every fucking night? You know, Bill was like, what is going on? Like, how do you even, <laughs> how do you learn? And, but which it makes sense. Like, how do you learn and coach? Like, but they, they go to their courses and they, they have coaches there. Their, their club has a coach on site. You know, they, they yeah. coach or I don't know how they, you know, how they work it. If it's like clinics or sessions or whatever, yeah. but they've got coaches there and you get coach how to ride better. You know, it was like, how do you kids learn when all they do is race and just have their kids, their parents yelling pedal, 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 pedal. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And over all the years of now knowing how it works more and being, you know, been to European races and finals and worlds and, uh, and, and just knowing more about, you know, Vil- just from Vilma, how it works that I think, like I said, just mixing, mixing a little, like a little bit of both could make them, make them better, a little evaluation and for sure, restructuring. Yeah. But you know, I, what do we I, know? What do we know? <laughs> it was years ago. I, I want to say it was maybe 2002, 2003. Um, I went to Switzerland and cause I, my ex-wife was from Germany and we went kind of through France and Switzerland and everything, but we stopped in Switzerland and it was the Euro finals that oh. were happening in Geneva. And, uh, I just wanted to go check it out. It's like, you know, the Euro grands and I, I, you know, sat there for one day and watched what was going on. And, and it was that sort of thing that you're talking about. Like, like I was walking by pits and I saw, you know, uh, like a coach in front of his little club team and they're sitting there doing jumping jacks and stretches and they're riding rollers and everything like that. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like you don't see that here in the United States. 
But then the next tent over, you see the older guys, something else you don't see in the United States. You see dudes straight up puffing on Marlboros while riding rollers. <laughs> and I'm awesome. like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is so bizarre. You know? Yeah, it's different. And, <laughs> and, then, and they're uh, small. You see, like, they're they're invite only. There's no novice. There's no intermediate. It's age only. So they're yeah. not even, they're, they're 100 motos. I yeah. went to I went to the finals at Maris's new track in 2019 or whenever that was when the yeah. Euro finals were there, and it was 100 motos. It was done in an afternoon. I'm like, you know, one day that's it. Like, I was like, what the hell? And it's just the best of the best. That's the only ones to get to go there. So it's but like not you said, also about monetizing. You know, they're not monetizing it. Yeah, you know, it's like this, and 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 then, but you need to monetize it in order to grow everything, and that's why the scene here is really strong. You yeah, know? exactly. So they, they do a better job. Both okay. definitely need to to learn from it. But I, I I'm pushing. I've always been an advocate for more tracks in the United States, just in general. Like I think it's if better, we keep I'd on like losing, better tracks. yeah, better better tracks is fine. But even just you know a place to ride, you know, yeah. like if you do not have a track that is within a reasonable drive to you, you have no hope of ever really. Uh, no. getting kids into the sport and that Especially is these uh, gas prices <laughs> yeah and 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 we talk about gas prices right now right that we're experiencing high gas prices europe's always had high gas prices is that a factor why they have 200 tracks in france for a country uh, yeah. that's relatively small could in, be in land mass you know so yeah. possibly that they're, you know? just, they're a cycling culture so, yeah for sure and that's yeah. bmx is a it's a it's a it's a great youth cycling to get get kids into the whole other yeah. you know they 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 graduate into some other form of cycling at some point you know yeah i imagine yeah. being that you yeah know, french is france is such a a youth or a cycling culture but yeah sure. no, so that's all that good stuff um one thing though you were saying talking about you're going to europe so i'm going to europe also i leave next saturday when do you leave I leave on uh, July 23rd. Yeah, okay. we are. I leave we're the 16th. Gonna... Oh, you're leaving on the 16th? Well, where are yeah. you going? Are so you I'm going to? I'm going to, so I'll go and then you go. So I'm going to six, I'm going the 16th. We're going to Lat or, uh, Lithuania yeah. to visit uh, her family, uh, you know, take the baby over there because she only you know, gets here once, maybe twice a year, and then yeah. you know, ground, ground it like that. And then on the 24th, we're headed over to Worlds, wherever that's at. And then Nantes or whatever, so we're going to the world. So we're spending the whole week in that part of France. We'll we'll do some vacationing, but you know, go to some races. Um, I we won't be you know going to the race every day and practice and all that bullshit. But we'll uh, we'll be in that area for the week. And then on the thirty first, I believe we go into the south of France. So we'll do like south of France. I don't know whatever. That's I'm just at her mercy there. I don't know anything about down there. Uh, I know we're going to go to Monaco. So I know you're going to somewhere. Uh, f one e but we're gonna go to Monaco and you know hopefully walk around some of the course there and just check out some of that cool nostalgia and, and whatnot. Um, and then I come home and then she goes back to Lithuania for another week just to hang out with the family. So yeah, that's my that's my trip starting uh, next Saturday. So what's yours? Um, yeah, I, you know it's kind of funny, but I didn't even realize that the world championships are going to be in France. Where is Nantes? Uh, where, where? How close is that to Paris? I don't think it's too far. But I, I, you know what? I'm not sure. That's hilarious, though, because like, yeah. I'm actually flying out on the 23rd. We're flying to Paris first, and we're going to be in Paris for a night or two. And we're actually flying on the 26th, which it looks like that's when the world starts from Paris to Venice. And we're going to be in Venice for, I think, two nights. 
And then we're going to drive down to Marinello and, and hit up the Ferrari museum. And, and that's so awesome. And hopefully be able to do, there's another, uh, there's a supercar manufacturer called Pagini and they actually uh, offer a factory tour and they have a museum. Um, so I, I would really like to work in both if I can, but if not, we're just going to yeah. go to the Ferrari museum. Uh, gotcha. And then, and then for Marinello, we're going to drive down to Rome and we're really spending the majority of the time in Rome um cool. and checking out everything down there uh so we're going to be there for i think like 10 or 12 days or so but yeah so it's funny that uh it's all like going on at the same time as the world yeah. so it's looking like uh it's it's west it's southwest it's in between paris paris and nance in between you know south of france it's closer to like switzerland so it's real ah, west, okay. yeah. west of the country if, if that would be correct yeah yeah so well, it's cool. uh Near Gen yeah, I mean, it's close to Geneva, Switzerland. It's it's more towards there. Line. Yeah, I've driven through that part of uh, France before. There's a lot of uh, castles on like the countryside love, and everything. I love castles. We did a lot yeah. of castles. I went there with Maxime, the product development guy for uh, for uh, and John from Answer. Actually, when we went for Maxime's wedding, we did. I don't even know. We did every castle we could drove by. It was awesome. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get old, man. They're really really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild. But um, yeah, well, that's good. Uh, so you're yeah. going to be gone for a while, for a Three little weeks, bit. Yeah. And I'm back uh, just in time for our scheduled, our scheduled, uh, our scheduled show. Three, four weeks after. When do you, when do you get back? Uh, I get back August fourth, I think. Okay. So. I get back August 9th. So yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it after that. Talk about our trips. Yeah. I'm sure, the yeah, fans yeah. will be stoked to hear about our vacations. <laughs> <laughs> um sure so speaking will. of let's move to the next topic yeah so manufacturing uh, what's going on at renin and tangent yeah uh you want to go first or oh uh, no you go ahead okay so uh yeah things going on here in the shop um i mentioned before that we have uh an automation project that uh i hired an intern to work on uh, at the beginning of the school year, he's a high school student who's aspiring to be a mechanical engineer and gave him this project. And basically what we're trying to do is automate the step one operations of cutting a gear, which, you know, you basically have all these cut plates and a human usually loads them one at a time inside of a vice or a pallet fixture, bolts them down. And then, you know, you go ahead and do your operations cut the majority of the gear in one setup and then we take that out and flip it over we have a second machine that we send it over to and flip it over and, and cut the back sides out but that front side operation uh really requires a lot of human interaction because you know gears you know our gears yeah, cut all the anywhere. yeah yeah our gears cut anywhere from like four minutes to like 10 minutes for that and you're constantly sitting there and 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 if the human isn't paying attention then the machine will sit and do nothing. And, you know, if you're not making <laughs> chips, you're not making money type of deal. Right. But um, uh, just really quick before you continue. Um, yeah, now, I don't know. I know you're talking about it. I don't know if you'd want to like, you know, your your fans here would they might want to see like, you know, the videos you've sent me like post up or put some somewhere. They see the links of like the beginning to the media, like the middle of where you're at now and the finished product that, that I mean, because I found that interesting. And if this is for the same kind of people, I, I don't know if you want to show your engineering secrets or whatever but if if it's not a big deal that'd be kind of a cool thing for people to see i always like seeing that stuff but like I said, yeah I, I, I do want to show I stuff i i, I want to show something when it's more uh if you can show your main competitor i don't think anyone else is really gonna mess with it <laughs> there's not it's not a good business to get in so i'll, I'll tell everybody that now whether you can this is super or not. difficult like 
what I'm, what we're doing right now, and you know, because you're in this business trying to do it, like literally what we're trying to do here, it's not an easy task. No, uh, there's, no. there are consultants and automation companies that you can hire for like a hundred grand to implement the setup like this. And we're doing it basically on our own. Um, haven't spent a ton of money on the project. Um, but essentially, and, and yeah, I, I will show the final result once we have something that is more of a final result right now. Yeah. You know, like when I showed you the video the other week, yeah. and you're like, oh, it looks like it has Tourette's. It's a little shitty. right, right. But you got to <laughs> include those after, like, because that's because the, the the getting there is kind of the cool part to see. But I, I understand you don't want to show that now. But at least yeah, when you yeah. do have, so here, here's what we got. And here's how, but here's how it came to fruition or whatever. Those are yeah, kind of cool to sure. me. Like, you know, the mistakes and the errors and, you know, the wobbly and it kicked it wrong or, you know, all that kind of stuff is kind of kind of cool to me yeah to see something finished it's like okay well that's cool but to see the process that you had to go through the months that it took you know and the, the yeah. changes and the fixes and all that are kind of cool but it, yeah, yeah it's so, been anyway. a tricky problem because uh one of the things you know we we put the system together and it's basically a robotic gripper that sits inside the machine and you you set up a stack of of blank plates and it comes down and grabs a plate and puts it into a custom vice that we made that clamps it then it releases we can do the machining operations it'll come back down pick up the finished piece release and put it in like a finished bin um and everything was working and we were we were thinking all right you know slam dunk like this thing's done and then i sat there and i'm looking at at the problem and i'm like yeah we got to put this thing through some real world testing and the very first thing i did was douse everything in coolant right all of the <laughs> aluminum plates just douse it in coolant and see what happens well right. sure as shit what do you think happened slippery uh, slippery for one but the gripper came down and grabbed one plate and when it came up the surface tension of oh, the coolant it, suction it uh it, it it basically grabbed two plates one yeah, that was yeah, being yeah. held underneath the gripper just like, because of surface tension right and obviously that's not going to work because you can't no. put two plates down to try to clamp it. So it took about a week or two to uh, really try to figure out an idea that was going to make this work. And, and I, and I didn't really get involved. I told this kid, I'm like, he's really getting it like an awesome engineering experience. But I, I told him like, this is your problem. Like figure it out. You know, like <laughs> you got to do something. Right. So Analogy? we were trying 18, 19 or something. He's 18. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, but this is like the best, like throwing someone to the wolves. Like this is the best way to figure right. something out or the best way to learn really. Uh -huh. Um, so one of the first things was grabbing the plates and, and it they almost did like a little dance it was like a little helical motion to try to shake the bottom plate off uh, right right uh that didn't work out so great and then he ended up coming up with an idea where he took an an air valve and ported it so that it was right on the seam of where the two plates would be stuck yeah, together with, and he just shot a little bit of air yeah and just like spit at it pretty much and it was enough to open it up and it broke the adhesion and the plates like stay where they are and it's been working pretty flawlessly we are going to put it through its paces uh coming up soon um yeah. we're going to do about a uh, i told them like i think next week we're going to do about a thousand plate pickup and drop so it's got to go through all the motions uh for a thousand plates worth and then we're going to record like how many failures and stuff we have right, and right. what are those failures and then um if it 
kind of passes that with any kind of reasonable success. Um, this is going to lead to purchasing a brand new machine um, for the end of this uh, fiscal year. So I'll, I'm going to try to have it delivered like in December. Nice. But um, we're going to be uh, not a not a mini mill. I'm going to go with one called the DT. It's the drill tap machine. Okay. It's uh, extremely fast. Um, probably going to be getting a 20,000 RPM spindle. Oof. And it travels at like 2,400 inches a minute. I mean, this thing, it, it moves so fast that it has to get bolted down to the ground or else it'll move. It'll like shimmy its way across the shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is, is your VF2 uh, have to be bolted? No. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, we're running. It's slow. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This so thing. 7,500 RPM or whatever. Yeah. I'm looking at I'm, the, I'm the gonna DT opt. here. I'm going to opt for the 20,000 RPM spindle. Um, it has like the tool change on it is like 1.1 seconds. It's insane. <laughs> um, it's going to be kind of scary to run actually in the beginning. But one thing I'm going to get with it is uh, probing. And okay. um, I'm going to take machines my... have probing. None of my machines have probing. Oh, no. They're so awesome. Oh, well, I, I shouldn't say that my lathe has probing, but um, okay. it's only a tool setter. It's not like an active probe uh, that comes down. But so it's still a pretty little, pretty little unit. What? Yeah. Uh, how much do those run? Uh, I think when it's all so. said and done, it's going to be like ninety to a hundred thousand. So, Jesus, now with all the, all the money in the, in the yeah, pro probes what seven to ten grand, and it's got a big yeah. Once you so. start adding options, and like to run these uh, programs the way that we programmed it, we have to purchase like the macro options and do all that stuff. Although right. the probing option comes with that, you know, included. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of things like that. But one thing yeah. that we're going to do is, you know, when this machine comes in, like I need to still be able to keep up with production. I can't have a machine that's down because we'll get way behind. So right, right. what we're going to do is uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of using these pallet systems and we're going to yeah. set up two pallets side by side. One is going to be all indicated in with all of our legacy programming so we could still run everything like we run right now in the vf1 and uh to make it run faster we could just do feed and speed overrides and that should be fine but mm -hmm. then i'm gonna take my time programming this new setup because i want to get it correct because uh the the problem that i have with a lot of the stuff that i do is i have some programs that are 15 20 years old uh, because that's you know how far back we started yeah. programming some of the stuff and it's it's a daunting task to sit here and say well i have like 600 programs because of decimal gearing <laughs> like if i made some kind of drastic improvement to the process even if it's like super awesome to sit here and and, and, and convince myself okay asshole you got to sit down and now change like 600 fucking programs like that that's Jeez. a bit much you know yeah that's so insane. i'm gonna take my time on the programming of this automation and the new setup Right. Um, because it's pretty slick how we're going to be doing it. We should be able to, I've already prototyped a lot of it. We should be able to very, very rapidly be able to build new programs that are going to run much more efficient, much faster. Yeah. Um, but one of the most exciting things about doing this isn't so much that it, it is like basically offloading the 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 responsibilities of that operator that works in that cell right it, it, it is going to do that because in theory 
like we should be able to load 20 or 40 plates of gears and you know let it, it, it basically let it rip and yeah, when the machine cool. tells you it's done you have a you have a stack of almost done gears you know yeah, um, we, and however many hours that takes like it just runs with no intervention yeah, so that awesome. is like that's a cool idea but really what it could lend me to be able to do is to if i can get the system to a point where i can really trust it i could set it up at night and just let it run i mean i'm yeah. literally 200 feet away you know you have to put some sensors on where it doesn't pick up right or something you know well that's where you could use the probing you know oh and right. you, yeah it, probe, you could, probe every start every finish whatever yeah yeah you can come in you and have the, the probe down is there, is there a unit there is a unit gone is it yeah, and you can even yeah. you can even write those uh, macro programs in to check for broken tools. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if you have a broken tool, you can program in a sister tool that right. says, okay, yeah. if tool, this one's broken, tool then thirty use and thirty-one this one. are the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why I want to take my time programming it because I don't want to slow go it down considerably. But if you run all night, that's right. Interrupt. But I would say slow it down considerably if you're probing every tool and probing all that. But still, if you got a hundred units done while you're sleeping. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it runs 200 during the day because there's a human there making sure, but you can yep. run another 100 at night. Yeah. Yep. Or, you know, whatever the numbers end up being, that's, that's cool. So yeah, you yeah, slow I it mean, down because you've got a, you've got a probe instead of just someone eyeballing it or hear the thing, you know, chuck a bit or whatever, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it could literally like, it's gonna, I can see what it's already going to do because uh, we introduced a VF2 uh, about a year and a half ago and that machine, um, you know, when I got it, it took probably three to six months for me to really get my fixturing right for it and all of the programming that I do. But we cut um, like six gears and six cogs simultaneously on that machine right now. Oh, nice. And that machine really helped us get caught up with back orders because we had a right. bad back order problem last year. I mean, you know, like you'd place yeah. an order and wouldn't get shit for months. And yeah, the yeah. most recent one that you guys placed, like we, you know, delivered it's it pretty, pretty quick. quickly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so what this is gonna making these kind of like automation and, and programming advancements here, what it's gonna end up doing is we're gonna end up having a lot more machine downtime if we're doing all this other stuff either at night or much faster. So then yeah. that just lends me to say, okay, if I have a machine that's down, what else can I program and develop? Like right. I can make other parts and yeah, yeah. fill that time with that stuff so or you can build competitor uh, stuff if you shows it too but i mean most likely yeah, build just build build your own brand stronger we've yeah, had people ask sure. us in the beginning hey do you want to make you know you have that second machine you have time to run our stuff I'm like dude i won't even they i mean we're running two shifts and i can't stop yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we're not even close I, I i took production back from taiwan and and other domestic sources and brought them in house so i mean it wasn't like this was extra this was like bringing stuff back home because just uh quality some quality issues and we had just some time timeline issues i mean we're talking when the pandemic hit domestic sources were like oh it's gonna be six months and taiwan source oh yeah that's that's about a year now yeah so it's like well i can't do that and i can know i mean we know how to use machines so let's drop one on the floor and see what we got yeah and that's the other thing with with you know trying to future proof this place and try to set things up and you know it's it's just a it's a very difficult task though like i can foresee that once we really start trying to use this system like shit's gonna break i know it's gonna oh be, yeah yeah you know and it, <laughs> shit's gonna go sideways and right. uh but having a machine that's big enough to have two simultaneous pallet setups and then say okay you know what like 
you know, this this newfangled dangled system that we're trying to make, it's not working right now, but we're not dead in the water. Let's go back to the legacy system and keep right, on running right. that because we've been running that shit for 15 years. Yeah, you know? we'll, fine, we'll fine tune or reevaluate or restructure. Yeah, yeah or do whatever we need to, you know. Whatever. So, yeah. uh, cool. so I'm excited about that. Uh, it's going to be another new machine. I'll be down to, I'll just have one old girl left, which is my VF2 uh, from 98. Um, everything yeah, else a, in the shop will be mine's a 99. New. That's funny. <laughs> We've been cleaning it all day. I had the guys like it just looked gross. I'm like, all right, today, take the day off. Dude's scrubbing each side with brushes. Like, I guess it's filthy because yeah. you have that brand new one sitting next to it. I'm like, all right, guys, it's time. <laughs> now, it's like, you know, the more, more way lube comes through it, so it just gets oily faster. You know, it's just yeah. wore out, you know, so yeah, like literally, we had two guys know, on it all day. Shit just starts going sideways with them sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, yep. you know, all of a sudden it's like low lube alarm. All right, I got to go chase that down. Or this right. sensor went out or this solenoid went out. And yep. I feel like I'm a Haas like repair tech because I, <laughs> I mean, I know you do too, but uh, yeah, yeah. like I literally take these things apart quite a bit and like yeah. work on them all the time. We've been fairly um, lucky with the VF2. I mean, it's old and I've had it for 15, 16 years and we've, we've replaced pretty much everything. We just got a new transmission, new spindle all all new ball screws all new bearing packs uh, yeah multiple sensors you know different i mean different fucking shit in the in the back electronic crap so i mean it's it's definitely cost it wasn't it's not just free to keep but it's 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 been good and you know it just cranks out gear so it's not cutting any heavy metal so it's not yeah i don't think it's had any uh we haven't had any big problems because you know it's cutting less than quarter inch material all day so yeah yeah i think it's like yeah for sure the, the well, load on it's really low yeah so you know, that's kind of what's cool. going on here, and uh, I'm pretty fun. excited about it. And and you're uh, keeping up the orders now. Yeah, for sure. I actually uh, just quick side story, like back to my aluminum saga. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, you, I, we, you didn't tell me about it. You, I you literally it, had like secured, you know, a PO for like a massive amount of aluminum in October last year, and I've been placing my orders, and everything's been good. Like. They kind of threw me off on my last order where they told me that there was like a, a two week wait for the saw, which I've never heard of before. And I was like, all right, like that's a little ridiculous, but whatever. So I, I literally just went to go place another order yesterday and they came back and told me that, that there's, there's no material in New Jersey where I typically like, that's where the majority of my PO is supposed to be held. And uh, they said that they had some in California and, <laughs> and I'm like, anything coming from California Sweet. is going to take like two weeks to get here. Right. Yeah. So I start flipping out and I'm like, how the hell did this happen? Like I, why, what, what's the point of having a, a, a PO to secure something? And yeah. the guy turned around and told me another customer whose order superseded yours decided to buy everything. And Sweet. I'm like, are you kidding me? And you, you know, like already. No, that's the oh, thing. Okay. It's like open yeah. PO system and you could pay as you go. Right. But it's supposed to be reserved and held for you. Yeah, that didn't work and, out for you. And now um, there's a little bit that we have that's coming that's going to keep us going. And luckily right. we have enough stuff here to kind of weather the storm. There's supposed to be more coming in, in August. But I think that like, like they told me how much is coming and it's like thousands upon thousands of pounds. And they said, well, what do you want to reserve out of this new order? And I said, all of it. Yeah. And he kind of <laughs> laughed. But I think that when it actually does come in, 
You're going to buck up and buy it, dude. I'm going to buck up and buy it. You have to. And that's all, and that's pretty much all I can do at this point. Like I can literally, I cannot secure my own future unless no, I you gotta spend just the money. take it in my own hands and say, screw it. I have the space. I can store yeah. it here. And I just better than not it, having it, man. It's a big purchase. Days. You know, it sucks. Like not one that I was planning on, you know? So, so in a similar interest, uh, but plastic wise. So we just, the trip to LA last week, I went and printed the award plates and, uh, for the state series. And it's, I want to say, uh, like 14,000 number plates or something. It's a, it's a lot of number plates and we just print them on a, on a white styrene. It goes through an automated printer. And what's funny is this, uh, you're talking about the stacker you're or unloading, you know, coming off a stacker. Well, the, the machine we use down South, it's my buddy's company. So I come down there and they, we just all run it together. Me and the guy that runs the big, it's called the Sakurai press. Um, he just runs it for me. We've been friends for, you know, 25 years. So he's like, yeah, just come on down. We'll run it. I got a free day. So you stack all this material up, probably like 500 sheets in the stacker. And it uses suction cups and it sucks, picks one plate up. Well, it has a problem of picking up two because of static, because the styrene's you know static uh, yeah. and sheared and stacked. Yeah. So they have the same thing. It's it's got a line of blowers and it just it blows the, the second one down. Yeah. It's pretty pretty crazy. It has these like anti-static little things like spitting, you know, you can't see it, but it's supposed to be spitting anti-static, but it doesn't work. But the air, the little burst of air kind of blows it off kind of like what you're just saying it that releases that other piece so it only yep. picks up one because it picks up two then they go into the registration they get all cross-eyed it prints on two pieces of sheet two sheets and then you lost the material and the machine has to stop you have to pull all that out yeah but, uh, yeah so the automation is cool cool stuff funny um, how you know the solution you just told me is exactly what we came up with yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say that and then you're like oh shit well like well, don't even gotta say that but a problem with the material came is I've never in all my years, we've been printing the award plates, I think since 98 or something like that. So I mean a lot of years and I called to get the material. I usually call a couple weeks before they have it sheet sheeted down. It's uh eight foot. I think it's like eight foot, four foot by eight foot masters or four by twelves or something. And they sheet it into these 24 sheets. The prints are plated two up, you know, no problem. And it usually takes a couple days. The stuff's up. I have the stuff shipped over to the, the warehouse in Redlands and I just fly down there. Well, they're like, oh, no, we don't have any material here. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, we've been out, you know. And I just printed, you know, the awards for the fall or, you know, the, the winter in November. So it's six months. Every six months I do this, the spring run and then the, the winter run, basically. Yeah. And in that six months, I knew availability was getting different. The price went up, but I didn't have a problem in in the fall or, in, you know, winter in November before grands. And this one, they're like, no, we don't got anything. So luckily I was really early. I just happened. Shannon was on my ass. Hey, let's get it going. You know, they, they always just on me because I wait till the last minute because I, I know my, the guys can all get it done. I've been working with all of them for a long time. What? So you wait till the last minute. Man, this is <laughs> blasphemy. Right. So anyways, <laughs> I didn't luckily because there's no material. So I had that material shipped from a couple places, get it there, got it down. But I usually print gold cup too, and they didn't have enough material. So I'm still like, I mean, gold cups have time and the material will be there in time, but I usually do it in one shot. You know, like now I have to go back down there or beg them to do it on their own or whatever. I kind of just go down there and just be there, be present because I'm not just using up their time. Show you know that just they I'm here too, man. What do you need me to do? Like if they need me to go run an errand, like hey, I need to go pick this up in my shop while I'm running your job. I basically like do their job <laughs> while they do my job, kind of thing. Yeah, you know? just yeah. You know, good relationship with the shop guys. So sorry, Tommy Tornado. Only Gold Cup one plates are going out this yeah, year. Yeah, no. So no Gold Cup <laughs> got printed. I mean, the material is supposed to be here this week, but same thing. They're out of material. Like they they you know. Like, 
Um, like you need to order like if your stuff is emergency, like order your November material now and buy it now. So I mean, I'm gonna spend thousands and thousands of dollars on that shit sitting on the floor over there. Just it just sucks to invest in the money that you can't Max calls it sleeping money, like and have six months worth of money that you can't turn over, you know. Like yeah, I can't yeah. buy material and, and turn it over three times. Like, you know, I've got to it's just gonna sit there, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of plastic. Yeah, but you, you've gotta you've gotta do it now or you won't get your shit. You know, it's like you've gotta invest now. I, yeah, I wish I invested sure. more when I bought that aluminum at the end of last year. Like we were talking about, I spent yep. 20 grand on material. I wish I would have spent 40 because it went up 30, 40%. Yeah. I wish I have had you stacks been seeing, of it. Have you been seeing uh, on your end, like pr price increases every time you go to order? Uh, I've, I've only ordered the once because we order, you know, I ordered like a thousand sheets of gears and it takes us, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. So I haven't ordered again. Yeah. And we haven't, we haven't been like pushing the machines. Um, we changed our shift. We let one of the one kids come in a little earlier because we've been, we've actually been really busy with other stuff in the shop. So yeah, we cut two hours a night off the machine time and put it into shop time. Just, we've had a lot of shipping and receiving to do. Yeah. So I kind of took them out of the machine. So we've been, I mean, they've been busy running all day, but we're not running. We're running 16 hours a day. And I think we're only running like 13 hours a day now. Yeah. Um, so we're yeah. not moving as much material and, uh, but yeah, I'm sure I, I literally, I, it's next week before I go to the, the trip, I will order material again. So yeah, I'll let you know. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to take longer because it used to be two weeks. Now it's four or five weeks, six yeah. weeks to get the material and, you know, price increases up the ass. So yeah, super, it, super it just sucks that we're in this. Cause I also feel, um, I feel like a lot of it is greed, uh, because I, I wouldn't doubt it. They, they've literally made me chase my tail. So I had one material quote for quarter inch material uh that we make the four bolt threaded out of uh -huh. and um i remember them telling me like a certain price and then i literally i was like no you guys are crazy i'm not paying that and <laughs> i went around calling and i found a vendor who said yeah i'll sell it to you for this and then i just turned around and told the vendor i was using you know what i'm getting this price which was like 20 bucks cheaper and but i was looking to buy like 20 uh like large sheets of it uh, and um i just basically told them like yeah i'm getting it for for, for this much cheaper and they went for it and it ended up oh, being really? like a uh i think it was like a twenty thousand dollar order that i had to place like, okay since you asked since you asked <laughs> they're not gonna they're not let's they're just gonna give you a good price and they're gonna make you like beg for it or 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 threaten to go somewhere else they yeah, they and I mean, do, they know they can do that. They and, give it but that, that price. That was the purpose of me doing the the PO system, like the open PO that I've had. Like right. I've I've done this for years, where they 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 just want to know that they could forecast a certain amount of sales from a particular customer for a year. You negotiate your price, and then they they're really good, and they hold that price all throughout the year. They haven't done anything and change it. Then when you buy up all the plates that you said you were going to buy then at that point in time they want to renegotiate with you yeah but i feel like they're just taking advantage of all of this supply chain nonsense this and that and they're saying no prices have increased 50 or 60 percent but if you come back and just say no they haven't and you go back and forth for like two or three weeks then finally they crack when you're ready to throw down a bunch of money you know yeah and that's the thing that sucks because like it's a waste of my time just tell me the price tell me the best price that you could do you know but they're trying to like squeeze every you know drop that they can um but you know it is what it is i guess yeah it know? is what it is you just got to stay on top of it you got to grind everybody 
It's yeah, super it's super just, not fun. It's just not what I like to do. Yeah, so, you just want to you know. make your money. That's fine. I'm gonna make get the material and make my money. Like let's just yeah, like, exactly. Let's be like, normal I, here. Let's be let's be cool to each other. You know, I'm I'm good when we can negotiate on a price that works and everything makes sense. And right. I I'll just keep on you know sending emails saying, hey, send me more material, send me more material, like. We've been pretty much ordering like every three weeks or so um nice. at, at the rate that we at the rate that we're doing stuff but um you know to call up it's like very stressful and nerve-wracking especially before i'm leaving for like a european vacation that you know yeah you don't know i material, don't really do a whole right. lot <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just like there i call up and stop. i'm expecting to be able to get something and they're like oh yeah guess what we sold all of the material that, that you had reserved and yeah. i'm like what the hell yeah i mean so, you don't gotta stress too much you can do it pretty much everything you do there on the phone you know from from where you are you know nowadays cell phone shit isn't any more expensive and emails are email like you can do all the work you did before except if your guys in the back are screwing up and need 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 daddy to go fix it that's the thing that happens here too like once daddy's gone, something fucking goes bad on the machine that they can't fix. That's it. That's down. It's down. Yeah. She's down yeah. for a week. And with the night shift guy, I'm like, I'm like, Hey dude, I'm gone for three weeks. You need me, you know, don't fuck up because you fuck up. That's it. You don't come to work. The day yeah. shift guy, he runs the machine and he packs orders while he's running the machine, does all that. And then the guy, the kid, other kid comes in and relieves him for a few hours. So he can focus on the end of the day, making sure all the orders get out and proper. And then he's running machines only. So he's yeah. doing all, all only working on aluminum. So it's, you know, he's machining, engraving, packaging, all that. So yeah. he screws. He doesn't have a job for three weeks. Like you, you, you blow, yeah. you blow a bit, dude, that's it. Well, I mean, they know how to do basic stuff, but yeah, something yeah. big happens. You fucking blow up a fixture or something that we need to repair. Then, then you're done. That's it. Yeah. You're luckily off. here, like, <laughs> luckily we have enough machines that if in case something happens on one, it's very unlikely something's going to happen on all five. Yeah, but true. if something happens on one, then it's not the end of the world because we could say, okay, let's shift some uh, work over to this other machine right. and let's just. But if you're do not there, can does. you do that? Yeah, still, yeah, we that's can. What I'm yeah. If you're not there, that's yeah, the thing. I, right? Yeah, you can do all kinds of crap, but we can make shit happen here if I'm around and you know I can call in my my uh, you know my programmer. But if he you know if I'm not here, then that's pretty much it. It's like shut it yeah, down. Yeah, I'm, I'm gone a lot. We've had to do it. Like, oh, you're working this weekend. Now you're not. <laughs> that's something that we've done here is we have a lot of the machines that we have are just doing like one specific thing only we, gotcha. we rarely do different setups on a lot of these different machines like the one machine that gets a million setups done is the lathe and okay. i actually uh the operator that I had running that just took a, a real estate job so i'm mm. down one employee right now and i'm going to be taking over and doing lathe work and honestly, I'm just like so unmotivated to try to hire somebody for it. <laughs> yeah. I've had a couple of people on that machine and it's complicated. And I'm like, yeah. you know, oh God. Like I've it's never just, messed with a lathe. It's a little really daunting, you yeah. know. But funny thing, uh, my son the other day, uh, because I, you know, I, I I hire them to do engraving and stuff like that. I'm trying to teach my kids like, you know, what it is to have a job. He tells me the other day because uh, I think it was Juneteenth that he had off from school and he was going to be <laughs> in the house like bored. He's like, Dad, oh, I want to work tomorrow. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, I don't know if I have engraving because it's not like on the right day. Like we usually pick up stuff on like Tuesday nights, Wednesdays from right. Anodize. And this was a Monday. And he's like, oh, OK, well, if you do have something like I want to come out and work. But then he turns around and says, but I want you to double my pay. <laughs> 
and we have this conversation about it and you know i, I pay him when he's out there like engraving i i pay him five bucks an hour just to, uh, like whatever just right, go right. do something it gives him like Fortnite money you know right and oh, awesome. uh he comes back telling me he wants to make 10 bucks an hour and i'm hey, like man. you know what I said, I'll pay you 10 bucks an hour, but I'm going to teach you how to run two machines. Yeah, and I'm literally go. going to I need two machines up. running. You double the money, double the production. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally going to set up simple jobs on the lathe. And he's going to run the lathe this summer and the mini mill for engraving. And yeah. and watch. like it, it's He's going to be able to do it. He's 11 years old and he's going to start learning. But yeah, um, you know, that's pretty much the only way I can like try to secure employment now is to try to grow, <laughs> grow my own. Just have you, have so. you grow your own, just like the old school dude <laughs> out in the farmland. Exactly. Like out there plowing the farm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, all of this uh, Haas buying stuff from both of our ends, we're, we're, we're bringing all the upgrades for... We F1. are bringing upgrades. Yeah, we can go and share. We don't need to worry about what's going on back in my shop. We've talked enough, and we can definitely talk about the Haas upgrades. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so we, uh, went, we went for, first we went from Mick Schumacher about to get fired or, or all the talks. He's not living up to this day of Gunther's pissed. Gunther's giving him ultimatums. And then, uh, then a great weekend in Silverstone. Yeah, man, it was just it was a really great race. Like anybody who's not watching F one, this is a great season right now, and there's a ton yeah. of drama and and everything else. But uh, yeah, the Haas team, you know, one of the lower funded teams, one of the you know bottom of the rank teams, um, and they didn't spend any money last year, and they put all their money into this year's car. They kept. You know, Mick Schumacher, who's son of, you know, the greatest of all time, uh, Michael Schumacher. And he's been struggling, like, to be the son of the greatest of all time in F1. Yeah. There's a lot of expectations on this kid. There and, is. And uh, this past crashes. weekend. Yeah, big crashes. He's costing them he's, a lot of money. He's like $2 um, million this year. <laughs> which is insane. But, um, yeah, in, in Silverstone, they were able to pull it off, and and both cars scored in the points, which, you know, they have to get in the top 10 to do that. I think Mick was eighth, and, and K-Mag was ninth or 10th, I believe. But what was kind of crazy to me as I was watching the race, and I was, like, biting my nails, I'm like, Mick, why are you fighting Verstappen right now? Right. Like, you are going to slide out, or you're going to get taken out by <laughs> Max and you're going to ruin it like but he was pushing max verstappen the current world champion uh whose car had an issue but regardless right. like it was it was phenomenal still couldn't get around him <laughs> still couldn't <laughs> like, get around him like but. said tj and i just watched that last uh 15 laps or so because he hadn't seen the race i'm like dude just watch the last 15 laps and you're gonna want to watch more f1 it was such a great race i mean and then the star like that was that race was if you haven't watched f1 watch silverstone because it it'll get you going it's it's a great race yeah, even if and, you don't know what's going on, there's just so much good shit. Yeah, and like you said, the end of the race, there's all this strategy that takes place, and you know, Ferrari has been Red Bull's leading the point series. Their driver Max Verstappen, who's the current world champion, is you know now well in the lead, um, and Ferrari's been trying to chase them down. They were in the lead at one point, but they've been having reliability issues and problems, and and one of their drivers, Carlos Sainz. That guy's just had super bad luck all year yeah. long with yeah. crashes and, you know, liability issues and retirements and all this stuff. And, you know, he found himself in a spot where he could have won the race or he could have been second. He was kind of, you know, kind of flip flopping either way. And he did something in the race, which was kind of amazing. The team, they fucked up like Ferrari. 
not very good at strategy. They've been and, awful this uh, year. You know, there was a, a, a there was a safety car situation where typically when that happens, the cars come in and get fresh tires and and they go back out. And then if they don't have a lot of laps left, that's when they switch to the really fast tire, the red compound, the softs. And everybody switched to those soft tires except for Carlos Sainz teammate Charles Leclerc, which is points um, leader. The point who was the points leader. Well, so and, just chime in on that. They were saying that they didn't put him in because it would have put him in third behind the other. But I don't know how that's possible because they all came in. So they got really weird there at the end with the strategy and trying to listen to what's and why's because there's so much other excitement going on. Yeah. And I was talking to TJ during it because I watched it like the second half of the second time. And I didn't catch why didn't they bring Charles in? There was like a reason. Well, the funny thing is I know uh, you watch it on like that F1 app, I think. Yeah. But if you are able to catch the after show that ESPN has or Sky Sports has, there's a host. His name is Karun Chandok. He's an Indian. He used to race for Force India, but he's an Indian uh, driver. And um, he questions the Ferrari team lead. And he says, you know, hey, why didn't you guys pit Charles? Because it seemed like you had enough time. And he says, no, 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 not enough time, not enough time. And he shows him the video and says, no, at the point when he could have entered the pit lane, yeah, he, he had a first, nine right? second, he had a nine second gap behind him. So they 100% could have uh, did what's called a double stack where they bring in one driver, they change the tires and they bring in the other driver on the same team and they change the tires. They could have did that, but they didn't. And they really made a fatal flaw there and, and basically threw away a win for Charles because it seems like, you know, Charles, yeah, they from, could have got a one, a one, two, and kept the points lead. Yeah, I mean, he's a good driver. I feel like he's had the better of Carlos Sainz all year long. So, right. and he knew because he was on the hard compound tires that were old. He knew that yep. these guys were just going to swallow him up. He's like, dude, it's going to be tough. And then they tried to <laughs> they tried to give team orders to Carlos. So we were talking about earlier, and told Carlos to you know give give him ten cars on Lewis and the approaching Alonso and uh, and Checo. Uh, Checo and even Norris on all soft, brand new softs, and he's like, "No, <laughs> and yeah. you know, you just don't do that." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, good no, no, for no, him. It's not, that'd be it'd be it'd be bad. It'll be worse if I try to give them room. Then they're gonna like, anyways." I mean, he got by signs within a lap and blew by him, and ended up winning the whole race by four seconds or something. So, I mean, he definitely was gonna have the pace on the tires, but yeah, they I don't know the the, the Ferrari strategy has been just questionable all year. It for sure has like, uh, and that's, that's an area I feel like Red Bull, uh, even last year and this year, you know, they have a major advantage in strategy and, you know, they just know what to do exactly at the right times. Just like last year in the Abu Dhabi final, where they made all those safety car pitting, changing tire decisions that ultimately led to Max Verstappen winning the, the championship with the help of Ma Michael Massey also, but regardless um yeah <laughs> so i'm looking at the youtube here like there's a lot of good stuff on youtube if people want to watch you know if they don't have the the sports apps and stuff that you can catch some like some uh you know the race in 30s and stuff like that f1 puts up after the race but there's, yeah, there's, there's, a, good, several, there's a lot of good shows where they there's several things on uh on the ferrari Le uh, ferrari leclerc conflict now getting out of control the f1 chats you surely ignored with you know it's got um 
Benito, what's his name? Mattia Benito. Benito, yeah, Benito. Benito, but you got Benito and Leclerc like fingers at each other. And there's, I gotta watch some. I didn't, I didn't watch any this week. I, uh, uh, I usually watch these after, and I just, I didn't get a chance. So I'm getting ready to leave, so I'm a little busy right now. But yeah, yeah Jensen Bunt, uh, Jensen Button uh, made a comment in the after show. Um, you know, because they, they, they watched Charles Leclerc get interviewed, and Charles said, you know, they asked Charles, yeah. they said hey what did Mattia say to you because it looked pretty heated and he was like oh no 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 he was just giving me a lot of encouragement saying that you know i did a good job today this and that and jensen button made a joke and he was like yeah i always point my finger very sternly at my friends and tell them they did a good job because he was like <laughs> he was getting he was getting reamed you know yeah. like like don't say anything stupid don't be stupid like this was a good result for ferrari still like yeah, it is yeah. what it is you know so yeah um but yeah, good i gotta for watch Carlos some Sainz, of these man good yeah, yeah. his Sainz. first his first poll and his first uh win so not bad yeah and he is a very smart driver like if you if you uh pay attention to his radio communications and some of his post interviews and pre-interviews he will call out things that are happening kind of in the moment as they're happening so he's almost doing his own strategy to some extent oh, and yeah. just because he has he has a very in-depth knowledge of everything that's that's occurring. Right, right. Um, you think a lot of those guys do. I mean, it seems like Max does and Lewis does, and but then there's some guys that don't. You know, I'm sure Vettel does. I think sometimes they so do. Some, but some of them, yeah, they just they don't. They're just, they're just driving because they're just on the edge, I guess. Like we're just, I'm just pinned. What do we need to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. Keeping the thing pinned. Yeah. You tell me what 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 the fuck else is going on? Yeah, there's an article I read the other day, uh, just today actually, that Helmet Marco was criticizing Lewis Hamilton. Um, he's actually saying that he, I mean, he's just throwing a bunch of shit out there, but he's saying that he would like to see a ruling where the driver communication to the team is only one way so that the, only the driver can say stuff back to the engineering team and they can't tell him what to do because uh -huh. he made this comment saying that Lewis is out there. Like it's a driving school. They're telling him exactly when to break exactly when to apply throttle they're like coaching him through the race for him to do i died I, I yeah i don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can tune in like on the f1 app you can tune into the radio like you can listen to his radio the whole time i've never yeah. done it but i i would highly doubt that but i i don't know well <laughs> so i think helmet, they, i know helmet talks a lot of shit yeah yeah but they do you know he does ask questions like where is this guy getting me what, what yes i have heard that yeah they want yeah, to know yeah they, yeah but they i don't do they have the telemetry of the other cars live things oh he's breaking deeper i mean i doubt they have the telemetry from the other cars i don't know i, I that's a good question i don't know but they know what's going on so yeah, they're fucking smart yeah there's they're, they're spaceship engineers working on race cars for sure <sighs> like they it's it's an amazing effort to make you know two cars per team it's just just wild but it's been super exciting. I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's great. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of really good races, a lot of drama. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of everything. So. Just I mean, in the beginning of the season with the, um, just all the the porpoising problems, you know, them fighting through all that. So it was good mix up, and now everybody's kind of cleaning them up. And you know, what was that? That was the top seven cars were all in the mix. I mean, I know it's because of a. A yellow but that got them there and they stayed tight I and mean, that was great racing you know normally we're watching the mid pack you know the, the top three are away and you're yep. you're just looking at the timing on there and then you're watching the mid pack guys go around but 
uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been it's been a lot better season. I think the cars are sort of doing what they're supposed to. And oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, look so. at like one. What was it? Uh, Canada that Alonso qualified second. Yeah, you know, like yeah, exactly. like that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's cool. in like a an inferior car. He's this old man in the sport. He was and, wet though. Huh? <laughs> it was wet when it wasn't it raining. Yeah, but you know, yeah. hey, we you know, get, whatever. Yeah. It. But it just changes everything. But but still, like he's there, yeah, for sure. I mean, then he yeah. was in fifth in the end of this one. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 awesome. Uh, and yeah, there was a cool. really cool stat about him. He has driven so many miles in an F1 car that he could have driven around the circumference of the earth like two or three times oh no shit <laughs> yeah he has like the, the he has Holy the all-time shit. record of miles long miles. in f1 right now that's crazy more than kimmy because kimmy did 20 years straight yeah it's so just, they've got a he might have maybe more than 20 years i know because kimmy it was wasn't it 20 years straight 20 years i think so yeah. 20 years yeah from 20 yeah. to 40 or 18 to 39 or whatever it was so yeah he's got wild. really similar but yeah that's insane <laughs> yeah but it's just so many cool storylines and things to follow and you know it's uh, good. no matter where really you good. are so it's definitely a good good time to get started on it get your get your drive to survive in get get kind of up to speed with what goes on and then just start watching <laughs> yeah and, and next season will be even better because max has agreed to let them video him oh did he uh, finally yeah he, i know he's, last year he's like now nah, they make up too much bullshit i'm not dealing with it <laughs> he's apparently sat down with the directors and had a big discussion and they're gonna he's gonna allow it to happen so yeah well, be, i mean it's uh, hard to not have the champion on the show you know like he's like no nah, yeah. i'm cool i don't like the fight you guys are starting <laughs> making us look like we battle each other when we're all friends or you know whatever the case i think they're starting to realize and who knows maybe 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 netflix is coming in and saying you know hey listen like we'll cut you in on the deal like like let us <laughs> let us document you <laughs> well and the, i mean show's good enough without making up the shit you don't need that yeah there's yeah. there's enough just normal regular drama to where you don't gotta you know mix a, a, a highlight or a, a saying from one race and then mix it three races back to fit your, uh, your dialogue or, you know, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's plenty of just solid, good shit race to race. I'm oh, sure. Uh, speaking of good content, um, your boy is going to have a Hulu series. Did you, did you hear that? Uh, Danny. Yeah. Danny. Danny yeah, Ricardo I, is, I heard is... it. Um, I, I haven't watched, I haven't seen a lot on it, but yeah, I did hear that's coming up. And because because he said something like it's not gonna be like Lewis is gonna be more something, yeah. I've got to watch more on it. I don't, I, I I did see it's coming, but I don't yeah, know. Lu much Lewis about is it. like uh, I a guess movie or something, right? Yeah, I think he he watched from what I from what I'm understanding, he watched the King Richard, which is the 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 Williams sisters uh, like biopic oh, right, on, right, right, on right. the father, uh -huh. um, uh -huh. right. and he like is so like entrenched in having himself portrayed like that while he's still <laughs> racing, Jeez. you know, that he's focusing on that, I guess. So, That's you know, funny. <laughs> I, I, I feel, you know, I have hate for Lewis because <laughs> I, I, I like, I mean, he is a talented driver. Okay. I think he was in the best car, which I think had a lot to do with that. Yeah, um, for sure. I'll give it that. But like, I, I do have to give him credit because the dude does do a lot of stuff with his own money and he is putting out tons of money to like do all this like STEM education for lower income yeah, people he, around the he world. Does do all and, he's a good dude. 
So, yeah, I mean, but like the one thing I just don't like is the crying and like, oh, my back hurts. <laughs> Let's change the rules. Like, and then he goes back and, and you know, uh, does super good the next race and gets third. Yeah, know? his back basically broke. <laughs> and then, yeah, I but mean, he's, he's a whiner for sure. I'll do that. <laughs> he's definitely a whiner. But apparently yeah. he's on the longest streak right now of consecutive races without a win. Oh, that he's ever had? Yeah, even it's back like in McLaren 11 days? races in a row. Even back in, from the beginning? Or you know, like when he was with McLaren and all that? Because I know he wasn't. I mean, his first couple of years, he wasn't. Uh, I don't know. How, I think he I won the, the title day. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he won a title with McLaren when he was racing with uh, Alonso. Yeah, he did win a title with him. Well, it yeah. the first year. But he still might have won every fifth race or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of wild. but um, Crazy. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's as old as he is. Uh, he's really not that old at the end of the day. But you know, he's one. He's old. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's he's got a lot of miles. You know, he's mixed, yeah. fair skin. So I mean, he just doesn't look old. You know, he's smaller guys and just they, they yeah. Just, yeah, he just doesn't look old. Oh, one one more thing that we should probably comment on before we end this. Uh, you know, for anybody who's not following F one, they developed this thing called the Halo because of a driver. <laughs> who is actually Charles Leclerc's cousin. Uh, I think his name was, uh, uh, I think it was Jacques something. Yeah, I can't uh, remember. And, I know and you're he about died in, in F2, a, right? He, no, it was F1 in Suzuka in the Japanese oh, yeah, circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went straight into like a forklift pretty much, like a lull. And the, the, the top of, like the car was per perfectly positioned for his helmet to basically hit this construction vehicle on the track and oh, uh he was God. in a coma and was it was very sad but that crash basically led to the development of the halo the halo literally saved two lives this weekend one in f2 and the chinese driver uh joe guan yu guan yu yeah the the crash from guan yu is insane it's horrific <laughs> <laughs> this dude slid for like 200 feet on his helmet pretty much uh but it was on the halo and then he got <laughs> to skipping and got pinned yeah like, and then and then the car hit the barriers flipped up into the air hit a fence can you imagine it, mi being... it missed the barriers it skipped over the barriers oh it started it? it started yeah it grabbed traction right before the barriers and jumped them it jumped over the barriers didn't touch the front of the barriers i don't believe but did, I watched did a bunch you see of side the, angles. The, the like cell phone video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man! So it, it, it was sliding scary. on the thing, and when it changed like from concrete to grass, it made it buck, and it bucked over the tire barrier and pinned in between the tire barrier and the fence, and he was just jammed in there. So yeah. he would have caught on fire, and he couldn't get out. Yeah, I mean, there was nowhere for him to go. For sure, the, it was on top of the you know he's pinned between the top of the halo and the bottom of the car. And I he bet you they're going to evaluate those barrier systems because. There was really no no reason for that barrier to have a gap there. Right. You know, if the barrier went all the way up to the fence, it his car would have flipped and he would have been yeah. on top of the barriers, right? So yeah, it would have been safer. Right now. Yeah. It's on YouTube for people who don't know. Yeah. Totally yeah. totally went over the top of the barrier. Yeah. It grabbed traction and did a double roll and then it vaulted him. Literally didn't touch the white tires till like on top of him. Well, right yeah. at the edge, but dude, it's insane. Yeah, they actually paused all footage. They wouldn't show anything live. I, I think because they didn't know what was going on, and they didn't. Yeah, want, it was a horrific crash. And yeah, kinda, although the people. Romain Grosjean crash 
was, was worse. even more horrific, and they kept the cameras on the whole time. Which he would have straight been decapitated because the yeah. way he split those the those dividers, he went. But his car made it between them somehow. So the top yeah, one Grosjean, took yeah. the top of the car off. Yeah, Romain's. Yeah, and then blew up. The Phoenix yeah. has risen, and now he races Indy. He's in the top ten. I, I watch Indy now because I like to try to follow him, and I, so I've watched some a little bit of Indy. And uh, but he's he's done. He's had some good races, but he's not very. He hasn't been very consistent. He's not in the top ten in points. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, but definitely like that halo engineering for the win it has saved a whole bunch yeah. of people's lives did you yeah. see the f2 crash no no i didn't I <clears> so you're gonna have to look that one up one of the cars uh like goes off track goes almost down into a little gully jumps and catches <laughs> the another car and like t-bones it right and it's right like front of the car right into the halo like it's wild to see um Good another way. situation that was like super scary but um yeah it's just it's exciting so if you're not an f1 fan become one yeah and then and, we got one i mean oh go ahead oh i was gonna say and the big announcement you and i are going to go. yeah that's like but we can leave yeah. it on that we are going <laughs> tickets are bought well we gotta buy the actual day tickets i really don't want to spare any expense on that but we're, we're uh flights are booked friday practice booked yeah. Uh, Saturday quality booked. Yeah. Um, all we got to do right now is just get Sunday tickets. Get Sunday but tickets. I, I'm with you. I'm not opposed to spending a little bit on that. Yeah. So I, mean, for we'll me, I, I don't know if I'll make another one, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I, I was telling you, I've never been to, I've never been to a NASCAR. I've never been to NHRA. I've been to like some sprint car race down here and some local, like small um, NASCAR ovals, you know, like quarter mile or little, little small stuff like West coast yep. series. Uh, so I've never been to any professional racing until last year when uh, Scranton and his family took us to uh, – we went to Long Beach, Indy, and that was pretty cool. But the coolest thing was the Red Bull car on display. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the F1 car. Everybody was just hovering around it like like it was crazy. I mean, because yeah. they're, they're like they're kind of like stock cars, the Indy car. You know, they're they're full spec car, spec motors. Um, it's really so they had based. a they had a legit – F1 yeah, yeah, they had there. one of the they had one of the F1 cars there. Yeah, Red Bull had a display. Nice, one of their uh, full, you know, because they, they they don't get rid of those cars. They just go all over the place. Once, oh yeah, you, know, you can buy them. Yeah, you They're can. Literally sure, for sale. They sell them at one point, <laughs> I'm sure. But I'm sure you know. So so at the end of the year, they probably have. I imagine they have all those spare parts. So they probably just build the car out so they can sell it or use it for display. I doubt they just leave it all in parts. You know what I mean? If, if they've got an extra chassis, like especially last year, the chassis yeah. is no good for anything anymore. So yeah, yeah. They, definitely... they build it to sell it or build it like that. It, you know, that one's on Indy tour. It was yeah. a halo car. I think it was a 2019. It said, because it says the car and what race it had. It adds some like stuff to it. You know, it was a full, they display. definitely monetize that stuff. Um, I have only seen a real F1 car once and it was uh, in 2018 when I bought the lathe. <sighs> I went uh -huh. to this trade show in Chicago called IMTS. It's like uh -huh. the biggest machine tool trade show in the world. But in the Haas uh, booth area, because they're on display trying to sell CNC machines, right. they had one of their F1 cars there. That's, and I'll have to say, man. like, I got a lot of close-up pictures and everything of it. Seeing them up close, not as impressive as what you see on TV. <laughs> Well, because you're just watching them go. So I know, yeah, I mean, it's, I know it looks more like a car. You're like, oh, okay, it's a car, but it's it's fairly, fairly impressive when you look at because yeah. they had some indie cars on display and those look real simple. Um, yeah, they're they're cool, but they're they're definitely more simple than the uh, than the F1 cars. But yeah, I mean, yeah. they're still cars when you're looking at you look at anything static in daylight and just not moving and not making any sound. You're kind of like, huh, all right. 
but it, but it was yeah. pretty bitching. Like, it was cool. For sure. And, cool. and my All local, right. uh, I don't know if you've ever gone to your local uh, Haas factory outlet. It's real um, small. Yeah, we bet. Our, oh, we bought ours is a floor model, our, our VF3. So yeah. we bought it from there. Ours uh, is in Connecticut. And I went down there for a training class um, that they offered, uh, I think, in August. And they had uh, one of the wheels from the ha- from their, I don't know whose car it was, whether it was Magnuson's or Romaine's, uh-huh. uh, because it was that, it had a little like placard on it and stuff. And Gotcha. And I think they had like a crashed piece of floor panel and you could see the honeycomb carbon fiber. Oh, uh, cool. And that was in like a, like a picture frame, like uh shadow box kind of thing. So right. this is definitely cool. They're, you know, they definitely, you know, it's a, it's a marketing tool. Like they're, yeah. they're Haas is in F1 for marketing and that's what they're doing. They're getting that stuff back and they're putting it out there and, you know, um, you know, yeah, it's just cool thing. So, but yeah, we're heading to Austin and uh, we're priming ourselves because next year there's going to be Vegas and maybe yep. we can make Miami or something. I don't know. Vegas, we're is, during, have to... Vegas is during the Grands, so that's going to be tough. But uh, is it? Yeah, I do believe. Oh, you have to double check, but I'm, I'm almost positive I'm during, it's during the Grands. But I don't know. You know, I've been to I've been to probably think I think we we're out of up in like twenty seven grand. So I think I could miss one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's no, it. I got a buddy that lives there. By one of my, my really good friends. Uh, uh, don't tell me with a good time. As a youth, my buddy Matt Falk. He uh, <laughs> he's the the guy I went and had my birthday party at. Fairly wealthy now. Actually, really wealthy now. I'm gonna try to talk him into buying like some kind of suite in a hotel or something that overlooks the track. And I think I'd miss it if we could do something like that. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm a pretty big grands guy, so we'll see. I'll well, be that, pretty stoked just going to this Texas deal. That'll be risky running. Uh, it'll be kind of cold in Vegas. Yeah, I, I, I'm not 100 sure, but I want to. Yeah. I, I want to say that's what it was because I was like, "Fuck, man, do they have the hmm. 2023 schedule up here?" Are you searching mm-hmm. it now? Yeah, I don't. I see twenty twenty two. I don't know if the schedule's up. So, <clears throat> well, let's just Google F one Vegas. Yeah, I've typed a couple things in here to F one Vegas twenty twenty three. We can look for us and for the fans. Take I can edit all this out, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's kind of fun though. Las what, Vegas. What name? November 25th. Ah, son yeah. of a so, bitch. Wow, they're going to make that the finals? So you BMXers, uh, maybe. I don't know what the last date is. You BMXers won't be going to the to F1 on the Grands, unfortunately. Man, but, um, I've missed yeah. Grands before. Maybe I'll have to miss it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hard, it's harder for me. we got to cut a big program with the Grands. But, but uh, you never true. know. I could, I could be there for you know Monday. Like normally get there Monday. I could be there Monday through Monday through Thursday. Just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Just missed the race. You know, that's when it's all slow in the shop anyway. Everybody's done, bought all their shit. But then, you know, miss kind of miss the racing. But um, yeah, I think that's it. We're about an hour and a half. I've actually got to go shut down my machines and yeah, for let sure, my man. kid go. And yeah, no, this uh, was a great episode. Thanks for good doing chat. It. Good chat. We'll see what the fans and, think. Uh, have have a good trip overseas yeah. and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, man. And as as always, fans, you know, all the questions, George loves them. He sends me texts. <laughs> screenshots of all the all the stuff you guys ask him so he loves it yeah sure rich <laughs> thinks that nobody listens and and we have no i listen you, you i have other people we have a listener in uruguay and state, <laughs> state chile's two in canada 
Okay, it's huge. Probably, probably Tori and James. James, James and Tori going, what are these fucking jackasses <laughs> doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> they, got, right, man. they got their, their shit's legit, man. They've, they've put a great show together, and it's been a long time running, and they keep putting good content. So yeah, they uh, do it every week. They got like yeah, yeah, they're on it. 100 and something episodes. They're, they're young, and they do stuff. They have things to talk about. I don't really know that people want to hear <laughs> us that often. So so those the hopefully those hundred fans are thirsty right now. They're just ready for it. They're just ready to hear hey, we're, bullsh we're, bullshit we're, for an hour. We're building and a half. our numbers, okay? Rome is <laughs> cool. not built in the day. We're building our numbers. Mind. People enjoy, enjoy it. it. I, I get people. Yeah. I was at the BMX track tonight and somebody was telling me they were listening to the pod the California Gearing podcast on the drive to the track. So yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All this right. This was man. not this was not quite as uh informative, but uh it's just what we're doing. Hope yeah. you guys enjoy. Peace out till the next one. Living the dream. That's what this one about. is all about. <laughs> yep, just living the dream, man. All right, buddy. All right, man. I'll talk, talk to you. Soon. Yep. Bye.